Okay, I'm done. Thank you very much. Hope everybody had a good Thanksgiving. Colleen and I are learning a new kind of a way to navigate, you know, the holidays were just a year and a half into being here in Texas. And so all of our family's on the East Coast. So we spent about, you know, nine days traveling almost 2,000 miles visiting kids and grandkids and our moms. And, and so we're glad to be back home and catch our breath. And uh, when we left uh, Pennsylvania, it was 28 degrees and snowing. And so I'm enjoying Texas this time of year. <laughs> This is all good. But I was, um, you know, as we were traveling, I, uh, I observed something that the Lord began to speak to me about, and I want to share a little bit of that with you. We were at an airport, and we were waiting for our baggage, uh, baggage claim. And I couldn't help notice that there was a woman waiting uh, a few feet away for... Um, her bags and with one hand she was talking on the cell phone and with the other hand she was wiping tears away from her face and not just a few I mean she was having a full-blown experience about something and as I watched this scene of course I asked the Lord if he would help her I didn't know what was going on but I sat there, or I stood there, and I wondered, what was the news that she was getting just then? Was she getting news from her husband to say the marriage is over? Was she getting news from her employer to say at the first of the year, you'd no longer have a job? Or was she getting news that somebody she was rushing to go be with has passed away. And I sat there and I just wondered, Lord, what is the news that is so bad that is happening to this woman right now? And as I watched that, I heard the Lord say to me, I'm allowing you to visualize the condition of my bride today. She's packed She's with me, but she's walking a journey of tears and grief and sorrow. And I thought to myself, okay, Lord, uh, what do you want to do about it? Because is the message that is coming out here today is that Jesus is the light of the world. Has anybody ever heard that before? I'm going to slow this down a little bit for you because we, if you've been in the church for a while, you may just miss this. But there's something about who Jesus is and who we are that has to address the seasons of sorrow and anxiety or depression that we walk through. So I don't know if you're sitting here today and that you've got some areas in your life that you've got tears in or you're online with us and you're somewhere in the world and there's some areas in your life that 
it's just the tears are flowing. And yet, we're with Jesus. There's something that just doesn't make sense about that. Now, I understand trials and tribulations, and we're going to have those seasons. But there's a difference from constantly walking in tears to being in God's presence and understanding his purposes and plans for us. So I really do have some good news for you today. Let me read this to you out of Matthew 5.14. You've already seen some of it. You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a, bla a blanket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see, so everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Now, I'm, I'm shifting gears a little bit, and I'm speaking to those of you who consider yourself followers of Jesus. Now, if you don't today, and again, this gets broadcast and rebroadcast, you might be seeing it. Some person may have sent this to you. I want you to know this is a really easy thing to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. How many could say amen to that? Amen. Yeah, you don't have to buy it. You don't have to pay for it. You don't have to be good enough for it. How many are glad for that? <laughs> Hallelujah. No, Jesus did this. And so you say yes to him and say, I believe that Jesus, you rose from the dead. You died for my sins. And the Lord comes into us. Isn't that good news? Now, this light in the world now comes in us. Oh, <laughs> here's, here's where it's going to really meet life right now. We've got... Jesus, the creator of the universe, the one who spoke something out of nothing into existence, the one who parts the seas, the one who raises the dead. He rose himself from the dead. I've seen him raise the dead. I've seen him heal people. I've seen him set people free. This is the God who doesn't have to answer to anybody, and he's in me. He's in you. Now, there's a paradox here at some level. There, there's all this life, and yet there's tears too. I, I get tears. I get it. I get seasons of that. I don't get a lifestyle of it. I don't get the idea that we, we tell people that we're, we're followers of Jesus or we're Christians. We may not say we're followers of Jesus. We'll drop our heads and we'll say we're Christian. And you're known as some of the most depressed, unhappy, ill-tempered, hard-headed. Sorry. <laughs> I was waiting for somebody to start laughing. We, we don't have a very good reputation when we see Jesus separate from living in me. He lives in me and you. He's inside of us. The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit is making a tabernacle inside of us. The angels in heaven, I, I say this almost every time I preach, the angels in heaven, when you get there, are going to say, what was it like to have the living God, the one true living being in you? Because they don't know. And so we have this incredible relationship and this power and this life. Don't be surprised don't be surprised 
if Jesus puts you in an impossible situation that can only be solved by his glory and his light. Why? Because he takes you, again, I'm only talking to those who claim to be followers of Jesus. You like how I backhand you all the time? You like how I do that? He is going to place you on a pedestal for all of the world to see you. Why? Because as they see him in you, he gets glorified and darkness is pushed back and light is, is transferred and the deeds that we do with Jesus, just the world says there's a God in heaven. You ought to be, in fact, on a regular basis in impossible situations. Oh, no amens there, is there? That's a tough one. And I'll tell you what you're wrestling with. You're wrestling with the ability to solve problems. There is no solving the impossible. And that's what Jesus came to earth to do. There's no solving of that. But the enemy of our soul comes alongside of you and says, let's try to solve this. If you just read another book, if you just work harder, if you serve at the food bank one more time, if you give a little bit more money, surely God is going to. And we miss who we are. We're the light. Why? Because Jesus is in me. And he's in you. I love, um, I, I read an article a month ago. Um, NASA was bragging about this new test, and it was really pretty interesting. They, the, the Psyche spacecraft is on its way to an asteroid belt. It was launched in October. It's on its way to an asteroid belt between Mars and Jupiter, and on its way there, it, it's going out there to try to find minerals, but on its way there, NASA wanted to do a, an experiment by sending a beam of light back to a communications link here on Earth and to see if they can extract data from it. And they were so excited because a 10 million mile beam was sent to Earth. It was collected in a comms link or a communications link, and they were able to extract data from it. Now, of course, NASA is preparing for a manned space mission to Mars. That, that's what they're preparing for. And so they're going to work on this technology in order not just to send text, but they want to send video. Wouldn't that be cool? I, you know, if the Lord tarries, I think within 20 years, if, if we're alive, if the Lord allows us to live, I think we're going to see that happen. I really do. But I love the technology, this comms link that NASA has. They call it First Light. And I thought to myself, what a perfect title and what a perfect message for who you and I are supposed to be. We're the ones, not the world. We, those who say yes to Jesus, we're the ones that are getting light from him and we're the ones that are to communicate it into the dark. Now, everybody who's a follower of Jesus has that responsibility. 
So the enemy now, understanding your role, what does he begin to do? He begins to heap on depression, anguish, anxiety, frustration. He begins to put problems in front of you and he says, I dare you to solve it. And we bite into that hook, line, and sinker. Before we realize that we're not following Jesus, we're doing our own thing, but we're telling people, oh, I'm saved. What a terrible way to live. That's the woman standing at the baggage claim just in tears on her journey. And I feel like the Lord is saying, listen, being with me ought to be fun. You ought to have some laughter once in a while. There ought to be some good stories that you have. There ought to be some giggling. There ought to be some passion. There ought to be some activity with me that is life-giving. It shouldn't be depressing. Because that depression then is what the enemy wants you to give away. And, and let me tell you something. The world doesn't need any more of that. They got plenty of that. What they need is somebody to believe him for who he is and to understand he is in here. And what limits are there? None. <laughs> None. I want, to, I want to show you the connection piece here because this implication of who Jesus is in us and who we are in the world, I, I, want, to, I want you to get this out of John 3.34. It says this, For he whom God has sent speaks the words of God. For God does not give the Spirit by measure. The Father loves the Son and has given all things into his hand. He who believes in the Son has everlasting life, and he who does not believe the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. Amen. Jesus is saying this real simple. In, 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 uh, uh, let me tell you, in, even in the church, we have a tendency of making out three camps. There's the camp of the devil, there's the camp of Jesus, and then there's our camp. And a lot of us believe that there's a third option here. There isn't. Jesus came to give us life. And what I love about this is that this free gift, when he gives you the spirit, it's not by measure. In other words, if you're just a few days old in, in receiving salvation, or if you've got several decades of following Jesus, the same amount of spirit that is in you is in them. It's in us both. There's no limit. The Lord doesn't say, well, you know, after you serve me a couple of years, I'll give you two ounces. And then after you serve me five years, I'll give you a pound. And then maybe you could work yourself up to a hundred pounds. That's the Devil. That's not Jesus. Everyone who says yes to the Lord gets the Spirit not by measure, but in the full dose. Now, I'm going to really offend you here in a moment because you're going to have to wrestle with your life, the reality of your life, based on the truth of God. The reality of your life based on what Jesus has done for you. And I, I think I'm going to point out to you or I'm going to help you see 
that these blocks or these barriers are really about lies that you have been told. Because friends, I mean, doesn't anybody get this? That at some point in time, don't you have to say, wait a minute, I've got the king of kings living in me. What is my tears compared to this? Doesn't anybody say that? What are my tears? What are my issues compared to the God of the universe who now dwells in me? Isn't there hope in that? Don't you have joy in that? See, I'm exposing some lies that you've been carrying so that you could be free in the things that God wants to do in you. He wants to flow his infinite power through you. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to work for it. You don't have to put so much time into being a Christian before it activates. You just have to believe that Jesus is in there. In other words, you have to believe in salvation. And when you believe in salvation, there's something that changes in you. I've met a lot of people who said that they were Christians who weren't. What they were telling me was, I go to church and I understand Western Christianity. I was like, oh, well, devils go to church all the time too. Of course, you know, it's just, that really doesn't go over too well. But it's, the truth of it is, we have this idea that somehow we're doing God a favor by doing the work that he has given us the power in us to just flow through us and to handle things in life. Look what Paul says in 1 Corinthians. This is the grow piece I want you to get. 1 Corinthians 2.11. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. So you've got the Spirit of God in you that will interpret and reveal all that you have that Jesus has for you. It's in us. If you're not relying on the Spirit, you're relying on your spirit. There's no third option here. And so, friends, I'm trying to give you some life to say it's in you already. We just need to depend on it. We need to live in it. We need to realize that there is a power that is off the charts living in us that's for you. Now, listen, I could hear the devil right now speaking to you. Oh, well, that doesn't work for you. Well, God doesn't know me. You don't know me. You don't know my past. I don't care about any of that stuff. And neither does Jesus. If you've accepted him, he's washed it all away. How many know that? The devil's the one that keeps coming and bringing your past up and saying, oh, no, you, you've got to do more work to make this right. That's not good. <laughs> Don't buy into that. You need to sit back and say, listen, what did I really say yes to with Jesus? He is he my savior? Do I believe that he's the king of kings? Do I really believe that he created all this? Do I believe he created me? Do I believe that he's written my name in the Lamb's Book of Life? If you can go down that road then I could tell you he's got joy, he's got power, he's got prosperity, he's got healing, 
And some of you will learn to enjoy smiling and laughing and having fun in the presence of the Lord. I want you to do this little bit, this exercise this week. I want you to, this, this is going to help some of you. Because it's, it ne- you need to determine, you know, think of yourself as this first light comms link. I want you to think about the light that's coming to you, but I want you to start to think through how you're processing it. And I want you to take a piece of paper out this week sometime. Take about five minutes And I want you to sit down and I want you to spend some time writing down the things that causes fear, anxiety, condemnation, and despair. You're going to have to think deeply a little bit. I'm going to ask you to go past the emotions of you. And I want you to really start thinking through, what are the things that is causing fear in my life? Just write it down. What's the anxiety? What's got me in a place of hopelessness? I just want you to write it down. And when you get that written down, I want you to take that piece of paper and I want you to hold it out and go and say this. These are the lies that the enemy's been speaking to me. I want you to look at them. And I want you to realize that these are the lies that Satan has built an encampment around you to keep you from being joyful, being free, having answered prayer, (laughs) seeing healing, seeing your financial situation turned around. See, God isn't broke. I just want to tell you that. He's not poor. He doesn't live in poverty. He's not broke. You're going to have to answer the question, what is it that I truly believe? What kind of life am I really living? Because I'd like you to be Christian. I'd like you to be followers of Jesus. I'd like you to know him in your heart. I'd like you to experience the flow and the power of the Holy Spirit at a drop of a hat. I'd like you to walk through your life starting today. And I want you in every situation, I want you to ask the Lord to begin to talk and listen to him. Because I can tell you, he's speaking to you about everything. And he wants to talk to you about it. The pain that's in your body the things that are going on around you. See, this is, this is the, kind of the main point here. This, this go piece is Jesus' followers become first light signaling the dark. That's why Jesus takes us and places us on a pedestal, puts us in a very dark place, puts us in rooms where you're the center of attention. Why? Because people need to see the power of God that is flowing through you. And if it isn't flowing through you, you need to come see me because I need to introduce you to Jesus. I don't know what you got saved to. But God is here on the scene. And he's speaking to me about the tears that his bride is walking through with her bags packed, just grieving life.
Because we've bought into some lies and the enemy has just shrouded our minds with the inability to understand what the Spirit is doing in us. I want you to be free. And the Lord certainly wants you to be free. Here's this last passage here in John. This is words of Jesus, John 12, 46. I have come as light to shine in a dark world so that all who put their trust in me will no longer remain in the dark. Hallelujah! <laughs> I, I can stop right there. Hallelujah! I will not judge those who hear me but don't obey me for I have come to save the world and not to judge it. But all who reject me and my message will be judged on the day of judgment by the truth I have spoken. Amen. You're the light. Now, don't you hate if when you're in a when you're in a public setting like this where a pastor will say, and sorry, Pastor Rich, if I threw you under the bus on this one, you know, turn to your neighbor and say this or say that. You know, for us introverts, I hate that. Anybody else in the room? I'll say introvert. So I'm not, well, I might, this is what I want you to say. I want you to tell yourself, I'm the light. Say it. I'm the light. I'm the light. This is who Jesus has made you to be. And it's going to help you understand the path that you're on. Because now the trials and the tribulations and the things that the enemy wants you to weep and cry and moan about, the Lord is saying, I want you to release me in it. I want you to release me in that child. I want you to release me in that job. I want you to release me in that health issue. I want you to release me in that broken marriage. I want you to release me in that failed financial venture. I want you to release me in it. I want you to bring me on the scene and let the world see God do something through you that they go, there's a God in heaven. And you never quite know what the Lord and how the Lord is going to use you. We're just followers of him, trusting him. I had a, um, I had a just, there was a, the Lord just had, it, it was like the final sentence for this one part of my life that the Lord had me experience when I went back to Annapolis. Um, I didn't get to see a lot of people, but I drove around town and I wanted to see some things that have changed. And there was a building there that we had, we had bought. It was an old car dealership. We bought it in 09 and then we remodeled it and the church uh, was in it for about 10 years until just before COVID. And then the Lord said, and I didn't know COVID was coming, but the Lord said, I want you to sell this building. And that felt like such a failure. I felt like, ah, Lord, I, you know, why are we giving this up? It wasn't until COVID hit that I realized, oh, okay, because in, in Maryland, we were in a police state. Everything was shut down. And, um, but before we did the remodeling in that building, maybe 2010, I had the church come in, and we spent a Saturday. And before the drywall went up and before the carpet went down, we spent time and we um, wrote scriptures all over the walls. I provided either paint or markers, and, and we just wrote, because we were going to cover everything up. We just wrote passages. Families wrote their dates. Uh, they, they wrote scriptures. They released blessings. They released prayers. We wrote on the floor. We wrote as far up as we could reach, uh, I-beams and beams. We just wrote over everything, and then we sealed it up. And I thought to myself, I will probably never see what the result of that is in my lifetime. I had no idea that in 10 years the Lord was going to have us sell it 
And when this new company bought it, they remodeled. And my son-in-law is a manager at Home Depot, and he shares this story that just a few weeks ago, a guy from the um, Pyramid Builders walks in, he saw his shirt, and he said to him, uh, are you the guys that bought uh, that building that we used to have? And he said, yeah, we're the owners of it. He said, well, our church used to own it before we sold it. He says, you guys were the church? He goes, let me tell you, when my wife and I, we started tearing that drywall off and pulling that carpet up and seeing all those scriptures on the wall, said it so profoundly impacted us. You probably don't know this. And he was telling him, my wife's a credentialed minister. And that was such confirmation that we were right where we were supposed to be, having the building that God had provided for us. We were so overwhelmed by it. We took a lot of those stones and I took them back to my house. And I thought to myself, Lord, I was just thinking in terms of loss. And here the Lord had a Christian business owner and his wife who's in the ministry come and buy that building and all that scripture and all those passages just absolutely overwhelmed them. And I went, that is a great way to end that story. And followers of Jesus aren't always going to know what you're doing and why you're doing it. We're not going to know. But there's a way to walk in the Spirit that you just know He's leading you. And people, I'm telling you, people, and even in our fellowship, when they heard that we were putting that building up for sale, um, I mean, I heard from a lot of uh, senior ministers saying, you're making a big mistake here. Until COVID hit. And then it was just evident that the Lord had just spared us and protected us. And so I'm, I'm saying to you, Jesus is really big. He's, his thoughts are above our thoughts. His ways are above our ways. And we either see ourselves as being his, or we see ourselves as him following us. And I would rather you not go down that road. That's depressing that's frustrating, and there's a lot of anguish there. I'm going to have our worship team come up because I want to end this service with just asking you if you need a fresh filling of the Spirit of God in you, or maybe you've never had a touch of the Spirit of God in you. Friends, we have access to the bank, to the ocean, to the gold to the wealth, to the power. I don't know what metaphor you need to use, but there's no limits with Jesus. All of heaven is at us. It's in us. And we are to be the light into this dark world. So don't be surprised if the master continues to lead you in impossible situations because they're possible for him. Please somebody say amen. They're possible for him. I just want that to be shaken off of you. Your ability to try to plan your own steps is almost demonic. It's not biblical. Jesus says, follow me, and you'll be me, and you'll be the light, and you'll see miracles, and you'll see the dead rise, and you'll see healings happen. You'll see your loved ones get saved, and people will actually want to be with you. Hallelujah! <laughs>
Hallelujah. People want to be with you because of joy. I want you to stand. Jesus is life. I would love for you to just declare right now that you're going to leave your tears here. You're going to leave your depression here. You're going to leave your anxiety here. There's somebody in this room, or maybe you're online with me, but there's somebody that's actually listening right now that you've recently had new medication given to you because of the anxiety that you're experiencing. And I want to tell you right now, it's not a biological condition, it's a spiritual one. Break that off of you and you'll, the meds will be taken away. That's for somebody here. That's Jesus. Jesus desires to fill you with his presence. If you would like that, I don't know if you just want to make an altar where you're at, you want to, as a worship team here, uh, sings this last song, or you want to come up front and, and have some people lay their hands on you. I just feel like there is, the Lord just wants to fill you with his spirit. And if you would be willing, you could, you may have come in here crying, but you're going to go out of here with the joy of the Lord. How many would like to exchange that right now? So, Lord, I just praise you and I thank you, Lord, for what you're about to do at Bethel and with us. And, Lord, for those who are watching this online, as they're reaching out their hand to me, I'm releasing the Spirit of God into them and onto them because God has not given me the Spirit by measure. So it doesn't matter where you are in the world. I'm reaching out to you in the name of Jesus. Be touched and be healed and be filled by the Spirit. Spirit of God. Hey, thank you again for joining us. We hope that our time together has been a blessing to you. And it doesn't have to end there. If you want to find last week's sermon, you can go to Facebook, YouTube, or you can listen to us on the audio podcast. You can let us know if you'd like to be further connected in a life group. But let me go ahead and pray as we close and say, God, thank you for being with us, Lord God. Thank you for helping us to carry your words, Lord God, and change our lives, Lord. Help us to carry your love to those around us. And we thank you for what you are doing. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you and thank you for being a part. We hope to see you soon.